0: am Justin Dunn. Uh, my name is Jason Wilcoxon. And we are pastors. Uh, I guess we're not bastards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are new to this, um, we spent all week trading names of what this podcast should be called with people because um, we don't really know what to call this or what we're, we don't really know what we're doing. We also, but this is everything else. It's We get called pastors with quotation marks. We've never had right names for anything.
0: And it's funny because the people who don't really like us, for some reason, I'm really worried they're not going to like our podcast. (laughs) And so I'm like, we shouldn't use the word bastard or we shouldn't use our intro music by the goddamn gallows because... Is that the name of the man? Yeah. Um, We shouldn't use the intro music by the goddamn gallows because people might get offended, but at the same time... People aren't gonna listen to us anyway. Right. they don't like us. Uh...
1: Well, so this week Lucas was trying to to explain to somebody what I do for a career, and he kept calling me the prime minister. <laughs> and then he kept calling. Yes. And then he kept calling me the. Pre- and then I said, No, no, a prime minister is like a president. And he's like, Oh, so you're the president? And I almost just let him run with the idea <laughs> of us as president. So you can call us whatever you want. It looks like it looks like Bastard Pastors is gonna stick.
0: My kids will say. Oh, my dad works at a coffee shop. And I'm like, I do other things too. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, and he does something at a church.
1: We had a kid's book that had like careers you could be and you could, the preachers could preach and the baristas could barista And my oldest for a long time was like, oh, Mr. Justin baristas and then daddy preaches. <laughs>
0: the story of my life. Uh, episode two, uh, we are pastors. We have planted a church a long time ago. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, we kind of talk about it in the first episode and we'll continue to talk about it for the episodes to come. Just our experience, what we've done, being as honest as possible. So before we go any further, we have to do our Lord Voldemort story, <laughs> uh, which if you have, are new or just now coming, it is a person who will not be named at our church who. Does the damnedest things, and we like to tell a story each week.
1: Like, if his mom finds out about these stories, he's in trouble. Right. Except he would lie his way out of it. And get yeah, away he with would.
0: It. Mom, I ain't doing
1: sorry. And she's they're, like, Oh, they're oh, lying. Would. <laughs> they're lying, exactly.
0: And he would get away with that. I'm probably going to get in trouble from him just for this, this which is the story this week. Uh,. <laughs> It's not a week for for Voldemort unless he inflicts some sort of pain On onto of the pastors, and it, the pain works itself out in different ways. For instance, mine is physical pain. All the time. I have been caned by. <laughs> I have been punched and kicked. Oh, dang it, <laughs> Voldemort! <laughs> I have been caned and punched and kicked and. Uh, I mean if it, if I do anything it's all violence it's then, always physical violence and it hurts then, and he knows that I won't hit him back because I just won't and there, it- there was a
1: day with my young my oldest son was a toddler just learned to walk and he wanders out of Justin's room and into Voldemort's room and he's gone I'm like okay he's got him and like 30 seconds later, he comes back with a four-foot length of bamboo and just whacks Justin as hard as he can with it. And from the next remover, you just hear this, Ha-ha! Because those are the kind of things that he does to Justin on a regular basis. Whereas with me, it's always emotionally traumatic. It's, it's always... Emotional abuse. It's the true. first Sunday I ever preached at Legend, he sat in the front row and stared at me and shook his head disapprovingly the whole time I preached. Like, the whole time, he stared at me as if to say... Everything you're saying is wrong and bad, and you're going to get in trouble for it. Um, he also he also sexually harasses me on a regular basis and touches me in places I would never want to be touched.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's there's just a a point where. Whenever you're speaking, you have these lights in your face, but every now and then your your eyes, it's almost like Voldemort's <laughs> pale skin just glows out of the lights, and there's certain things you can't say. There's even pieces of scripture I can't read anymore because he abused you. We can't sing, come, Lord Jesus, come. We can't read, and the Holy Spirit came on us. None of these things. Because now I laugh, and I'm like, ow. Oh. Make fun of me that day if I say it.
1: You can't stop saying his name. Dang it, Voldemort. <laughs> it's the power that he has. It now, is. You've said it twice now. If you say it a third time, he's going to appear here. It's true. He's going to appear what But but he again. And it goes to the way that he has rightly deduced the proper way into our psyche to really unmake us. Like the most violent thing he can do. He's figured out this is how I abuse these two men. And take advantage of them and it goes to the idea of us as pastors are dramatically different people we're we're each unique um but what does it look like for us to work together here (laughs) and in some ways what it looks like is that people like voldemort find different ways to abuse (laughs) abuse the abuse is the same the method it takes takes out different ways because um this is what happens when you have two people who are working together
0: uh, today's episode is gay parents, <laughs> Not because which is
1: not what you think it's going to be about. Not because we
0: have gay parents. It's the idea that um, there are two of us. We are both pastors. Uh, this is sort of unique in a church because neither one of us is um, ahead of the other or it gets paid more than the other or is over the other. If there is a decision to make, it's made jointly. It's not. Well, in the end, I have 60% and you only have 40%. Which would be crazy to think of percentages that (laughs) way. There was a
1: day, it was my birthday this past year, and we were at a local brewery celebrating, and I might have had a drink too many and decided to pick a fight with Justin about why soccer sucks. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. I like to pick fights all the time. This is just what I do. If I've had too much to drink, I'm worse about it. And I don't mean the fight. I'm in no way engaged emotionally in the fight until we get into the fight.
0: And I might have had some drinks too, (laughs) because usually I would just be like, eh, whatever. But this time I was not letting go.
1: And we were standing in this brewery <laughs> screaming at each other. Screaming. Screaming like in and, and there's a person I had to
0: apologize to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real sorry I did that on Jason's birthday. But I was having fun the whole time. I'm like, Yes, this I is I thought it. it was fun too. I wasn't really like we were, I was engaged, but I feel like I know when it's an argument argument right, between there. me and you, and it really wasn't, but it was I mean, it was heated. It was definitely heated. But
1: people that, especially new people that just started coming to our church, it was traumatic for them to see dad and dad get in a fight.
0: They were like, they were like, <laughs> we're going to have to have church meetings. Who's, who, which, <laughs> whose church am I going to go to now? Jason's
1: <laughs> or Justin's? I don't know. Uh, but that's, that's where that
0: story or that title comes from is, um, you know, if you, my kids go to school with lots of kids who have gay parents and they've learned a new way to speak. They say moms or dads. And uh, at our church, people no longer say pastor. They always say, oh, our pastors. It's always plural. And I think that's something we never certainly said to do. It's just something that's caught on. And I actually laugh every time I hear it when they're like, oh, well, our pastors will talk about that. And there isn't one pastor. And so we've kind of had to teach a new way to do it. But
1: Well, it's been – I because the joke is a running cup that we act like a married couple. But I fight with Justin way less frequently than I fight with my wife. <laughs> I, tend to, I tend to get along and – but I, my guess is because my wife has to be here when I'm in a bad mood. Right, I have to fight with her. But but going back to what we talked about last week, because of the way legends been planted, we don't tend to be a church that has fights in general. We've never had a fight. Justin and I have never had a fight or a disagreement about church stuff. We've always managed to work together. It's just soccer. It kind of. And even now, I don't even care about that. <laughs> that's why I can't believe that we spent an hour doing that.
0: I brought it up. Oh, I like go. And when we argue, I, Jason argues with like facts and intelligence. And I don't know how to do that. So I just argue emotionally. So I'm like, what can I say? That's really going to hurt this. The thing in
1: the world. <laughs> I
0: forgot what I said, whatever it was. You were like, did you really mean that? I'm like, I don't know. I just, that's all I can do. Which makes for good marital relationships too, right? You know, when you can only fight with way. the
1: music. So, with any luck, if this podcast is successful, maybe at one point you'll get us just screaming at each other. Yes. We'll we'll, we'll illustrate a fight with us.
0: When we have our first guest, let's do it then.
1: In front of them. <laughs>
0: oh, and then you can make them feel weird. Uh, so, we're starting the first couple uh, episodes off on just things that we're calling it things we did wrong. Whereas in reality, I don't think they worked out wrong, but everyone, everyone told us this is wrong. You're not doing it right. Because we tried to do the right thing. We
1: we tried multiple times to do the right thing, and we followed every step. And the step, every time we did the right thing, it was disastrous for us.
0: Yeah, and this one is no one. There was one, one person. One pastor. One pastor uh, at a large church here in Cincinnati, which I really appreciate. Um... Who said, yeah, man, that's a great idea. Everyone else, bar none, whether it was church planning assessments, who we talked about last week, who were horrible, horrible things, and uh, or any other person. You can't work. You can't have two pastors. There's my entire, no way.
1: My entire seminary education was based on the idea that you, you have to be the point person. You have to have subordinates. You have to have people to tell what to do. And they have to do what you say, and
0: well, because it, it all hinges on this idea. There's going to be disagreements, right? And when there's disagreements, there has to be one person who trumps the who's the CEO who says, "Okay, now that we've all talked, you know, I'm putting my decision in, in and it weighs more than everyone else's decisions. So this is where we're going."
1: Well, it's interesting. I just thought this. We haven't we haven't talked about this before, but one of, these are the exact same people that is that take these really horrible male headships and marriages too. Right. They're the same people that assume that a husband has to, that at the end of the day, the husband has to be able to tell the wife what to do. The husband, the wife has to listen to the husband. So, so they're assuming that in our, that in our church marriage, that one of us has to be the husband and one of us has to be the wife. And one of those, one of them ultimately has to be submissive and do what she's told. Because they believe the same stupid nonsense about marriage. Like, I wonder what my role is. Am I the wife or the husband? If we definitely to the wife. I, re- I refuse to be the wife. I can't <laughs> names. The feminists in our church are going to be really mad that I said that. Uh,
0: but at the same time, you might be a little more emotional. That's true. I'm totally the feminine one. Uh, no, um, but so the whole time in the beginning, we were like, hey, look, dude, if you want it, you take right. it. Like, I was willing to give it to you, and you were like, And that's no. still true. That's still true. Both yeah. of
1: us would... Both of us would easily give the other one the pastor, or that title head pastor, and then just be the associate. Show up and show up and preach. Go to visit the hospitals. Yeah. and go home. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll associate. be the
0: associate. Yeah, uh, because every time I'd be like, hey, sorry man, I'm just the associate. <laughs> don't chair sorry, the meetings. Don't organize
1: anything. <laughs> um, wait a minute. Although the last church I worked at, the associate job. Was the monkey job, right. the one who did all the work? At the
0: right, well, or it seems to be the the typical church model is the pastor is the like charismatic like speaker. Yeah, go get em, boys, and the associate is like, well, I, I do the nuts and bolts and the. That may organizing. be the issue is
1: that neither one of us could ever be that person. Yeah, neither mm. one of us could be the charismatic the, leader. Well, the issue is
0: also pride. Like that's mm. that's what I found is that people. Like, there's just well, there's going to be pride, and someone's going to get their feelings hurt. And there's, I feel like, there's things that mean. Uh, well, one of the things that, uh, there's a particular person in our church who has said this several times. She actually said it the other night to me, um, going back to what we talked about last week with uh performing gay marriages, she was like, You would do it, and that's awesome. Uh, and Jason, for his own reasons, would not do it. And people in our church love that. They're like, oh, we love that. Like, we yeah. love that there's. You can be different. You can have different opinions. You can have different,
1: um, well, thoughts and we and so. run into this all the time. I run into this where people assume that if, if something is true for you in terms of following Jesus, it has to be true universally for everybody following Jesus. And I'm just not sure that that's the way things are supposed to be. And the example I always use is, um, I'm really comfortable in the local bar scene as a musician and hanging out and drinking beer. Cause I like to do those things. My friends who struggle with alcoholism probably shouldn't be out doing evangelism in the bar scene because they can't function there. Like they just, they just can't. Or a, a thousand other examples. Or maybe you just don't like it. Maybe so asking, asking me to go be the, the evangelist at the Cincinnati Football Club soccer games would be stupid <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just going to go pick fights. And it's but why somebody else would be really good at that job. Or right, you know, more practically, my wife works in a, in a really dominant corporate environment. She's really good at that. Why would we put somebody like me to go do that? Like, if it's good enough for her, it's good enough for her. It doesn't have to be universal to everybody well, else. Well,
0: and that's the thing. It's not that it's uh, not practical advice. Like, people only say it because it typically has not worked out. Right. Which, to me, uh, is just shows us, A, that we've done something bad with the pastoral role to make it to where you can't work well with others. You have right. to be the... Was it the cock on the block? Is that
1: I never, never used that phrase? <laughs> the, Not in this church. The, the hen in the henhouse? <laughs> house
0: or no, the rooster in the henhouse, that's it. Uh, cock on the block. <laughs> um but uh so anyways, the uh there's I mean, I've experienced it gone wrong and as of you. Like the one of the first churches I worked at, they started off as a team and they just couldn't see eye to eye and one of them walked away, which it seems to be the typical
1: um, everybody so, yeah. we've church planted with, everybody yeah. that was around us when we were starting our church plant has walked on their church plant. Nobody stuck it out eight years later. Yeah. They've it, all, they've all been for someone for financial reasons, someone, but nobody's just sort of stuck that. There's lots of things to get in the way I, as, as you're talking, one of the things that I think, and I think people don't know this, I believe this is true. I believe that every pastor in the world covers up and masks, deep seated insecurities and fears. And I think it's something about the job. I think I think the kind of people that get drawn into ministry come to this job because they like being around people. They need some validation. Ministry gives you a chance to do that. Um, but you ultimately, no matter There's what. A
0: performance where you perform right. and people dig. Or don't. But no matter
1: what draws you to it, at the end of the day, you always are afraid that you're failing and you're insecure. And so pride is a way that, that ministers can cover that up by keeping people at a really healthy distance and never letting people inside I worked at a church, and I, we were doing a wedding. I was in the wedding, and the, my boss was, or my yeah, my boss at the time was was doing the wedding. And we sat down at the rehearsal dinner, and nobody was there for us to talk to. So him and I were talking together, and I said, "You know how's it going?" And he said, "You know I'm dying inside." And I said, "Oh, what's what's wrong?" Then this sort of season of your life. He goes, "No, no, I've been dying inside for 25 years because this job's killing me." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, man, you never tell anybody that. You never let anybody in the inside. And He said to me. Dead stare. You can't be friends with the people that go to your church. You have to keep them all at a distance because they never want to see weakness. They don't want to see you being vulnerable. They want you to be strong. And he might as well have been speaking Greek to me. I didn't understand what he said. But
0: that is the quintessential pastor. Like, oh, you have to keep up appearances. You have to keep up. You know, your kids have to be perfect and you have to be perfect. And it's literally bullshit. Like, it's just the dumbest thing that... I think, is put on pastors that, uh, and that's why, they, they keep them far away. Yep. Like, hey, you know, if you don't see into my life, you don't see me yell at my kids. You don't see me, like, do something stupid. Uh, and, it, and it just makes it lonely. It makes it a very lonely position. And if you're planning a church, starting with the first time, all you think about is, if I don't make people happy, then they're going right. to quit they're coming. Gonna leave. And I'm a failure. And, I, you know, what am I going to do? And all those things jump into it and... Which goes to show, why would you want to do
1: it by yourself? <laughs> or, or at all. So, I mean, there are days when why would you want to... I think of all the th- if we've done anything right, and we've done lots of things wrong, and we've done anything right, we have laid out exactly who we are as pastors here with the model that vulnerability and weakness is what leadership looks like here. Like, I'm not good at a lot of the things I'm supposed to be doing. I'm making it up as I go a lot of the time. And I'm f- frequent and open with my flaws. So much so that... I drink too much at a birthday party and get into a screaming match with my co pass right? That would never happen in any of our other churches. They would have to have had elder meetings and disciplinary hearings yeah, about that. Um but, but at our church, everybody just said, Oh, Jason just likes to argue about obstinate things. Like Jason just likes to get in. So we know how to context that and it's fine.
0: Or our wives just like, well, they just have to have one out every now and then. <laughs> like, just like a married couple. That's the other joke is that we are other wives. It's our wives and then our other wives. And, which is kind of true. I don't, talk to anyone as much as i talk to you and so right. and but it works out i, I mean i i just always think uh, or like the time that or if there's a time that i've done something where i'm like oh, i just really messed that up i can call back like, hey dude i messed this up
1: mm-hmm. or, or the the email the facebook comment <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking that i there was a time when somebody in our church got into a facebook fight with somebody that they didn't know and i tried to mediate between them and I In private messaging. In private messaging, I sent the message to the person I was talking about behind their back and blew it. I just I just botched it as hard as I could botch it. And then when the person who when the person whose feelings were legitimately hurt called me to talk about it, I bold faced lied. Like I just straight lied in this person's <laughs> face. No no man. It was not, it was, no, it no, was no, something no, no, else. <laughs> um and about thirty seconds into I just stopped and said, Hey man, I'm really sorry. I've hurt your feelings and I've now I've lied about it and I need to repent and and so it, and it, man, it was awkward for a long time. That relationship didn't get healed. I don't know that it ever really got back to where it was before that. But I had to call all the elders of our church and say, hey, I botched this. And so, whereas my experience at other churches has been that leader, and I don't think it's just churches, I think it's leadership in general in America. You cover up your mistakes and you hide and you deny and you lie about it as long as you can
0: for the glory of the institution.
1: Right. Whereas my first response, Outside of an emotional response to stay out of trouble, my first reaction now is to just say, "You know what? I completely screwed that up. I'm sorry. Can you forgive me?" Which sounds like the kind of thing Jesus <laughs> wants his people to do, exactly. right? Uh, the idea that this is a this is a, re- a revolutionary thought, and I think most pastors or most people in churches would say, "Oh no, that's what we all do," but they don't. Right? They, they'd say they would, but most people don't. Right. Well, and
0: speaking of Jesus, <laughs> go figure. Uh, I mean, he sends people out two by two. He's not alone in the deal. I mean, he's uh, when Paul goes out, he's he's going out with another person. Right. Like, uh, if I had any advice for anyone, it would be like, don't do it by yourself. That's yeah. the worst. It's the worst way to do it because you're lonely and you're uh, sad and you don't have anyone to talk to and no one can relate. And uh, or if you're just having a bad week you, right. and you can't do anything, someone else is doing it and. Right. And there's this, I don't know, I, I, and I think a lot of people might have that, but they're still under this guise of associate and the main and the not main. And that, I feel like even that title puts a, a wedge between people that then just says, okay, well then we're different.
1: And we've both had, we've both had seasons where we'll go like months at a time where we're not sure we should be doing ministry anymore. We're not sure why we're preaching. We're not sure we're in a position where we're qualified to be in front or leading anything. We know we get, and it's interesting because I think it's always happened that we're almost always in opposite seasons. So if I'm really struggling, Justin's normally doing very well Mm -hmm. And, and we tend to be able to pick the other one up. And so if it means that I need to back out of some things or back out of relationships with people for a while or just take a step back and catch my breath, I can do that because, I have a partner, I have a friend who is doing it with me, and and we don't have to even talk about it beforehand. It'd probably be easier if we did, but we don't, like, the other one's just going to assume the best about the other person and then step in and do the work that needs to be done.
0: And it allows us to have a system where we can miss, what, four Sundays a year? Yeah. And just go, because you know that, well, I'm not going to do the other person's going to breathe. it. It'll be fun. Uh, but it's not just good for us. It is, I think, super healthy for everyone else, too. They get... Different speaking styles. They get different thoughts. They get. uh, Jason's gonna be. He's gonna teach you, and it's gonna say, "Hey, this is, this is why you should know this." And I'm gonna get up there and be like, "This is why you should feel this." Like I'm gonna be more, uh, not smart up there. And I feel like people get different personalities. Like for instance, weddings. Uh, We had a summer where there was three. I think where uh, they want it, they know us, they love us, they want us to be a part of their wedding. Jason, you officiate. Justin, you be in the wedding. And we're both happy. I love that right. position because it comes with less responsibility. <laughs> you're better at being more authoritative and, and uh, yeah, you're just a better, I don't know what the word is. Uh, well,
1: well, as in lots of churches, even in an associate head pastor dynamic, if that was reversed, where the head pastor was the one being invited to be in the weddings, the associates was invited to do the weddings. If it was men in the oh, we love the head pastor. You're our partner. You're our friend. We want you to be in this with our with our best friends You stand here witnesses. I've worked for people that that would really hurt their feelings and right. offend their sense of I'm the authority here. Right. I was told in some church I couldn't I couldn't officiate weddings of youth group kids because that's the pastor's job, and it really was this staking out and protecting of territory. Right. And I would just stare because, I, what? Why are we talking about this? And it just didn't make any sense to me.
0: I mean, it's funny, though. We try as hard as we can to negate the typical or stereotypical role of pastor. And every now and then, the people in our church still revert back to that. Mm-hmm. So like with baptisms, you just reminded me of that. Like, there are some people where I'm like, oh, man, you're getting baptized. Man, you should get... Your husband to do it, or your wife to do it, or your friend—that'd be awesome. Like I, I'm just a guy, and they're like, "No, no, no, pastor. We gotta have the pastor do it, or it does not count. It's not real." Which I'm always laughing because I'm like, "What about us? Is that special?" But we had I'll we it. had a
1: series where we were asking other people to preach pretty regularly. We've got some really gifted people at our church that could should be speaking and teaching regularly. In fact, all the time. Right. The voice of the community should be heard all the time in our community. It would How amazing would it be if just people were standing up and talking about their experience with the Holy Spirit and their experience with Jesus. And after about two months of it, multiple people were like, okay, when is this over? Because it's, it should be Justin and I out there speaking because we are the pastors. Right. And so they've gotten the idea of us together as, as sort of equals, equals even this whole idea of hierarchy is stupid. The whole thing is nonsense. It's us importing ideas into the church that we're never supposed to be part of the church. Right. Um, and it's so much so that I can't even stop using the language. Like it's just already there. Right. But but even that, there's still defined roles of what people want from their pastor that um, that we trip into unknowingly at legend a lot. You know, I feel like one of the one of the, one of the reasons this matters as a topic it's not just a, sure it's silly that we are different than, the, than other churches like this or whatever. But one of the things that this really matters is because there is a question of how much, how much are we going to let the culture around us influence and dictate to the church? And there aren't easy answers to that question, but after 1500 or 2000 years of creep, the church has begun to look so much like our current culture that I can't distinguish them. And so when we say, Hey, it's not about leadership, Nobody in the Christian world knows what to do with us. When I say I don't care about, like we can't go to catalyst because I don't care about leadership and reproducing leaders. What I care about is reproducing servants. If we looked at what success looks like at Legend, do we have people who are willing to wash feet like Jesus washed feet? I don't care about their leadership skills.
0: Well, and the irony is the second that you say that to anyone who's not in the church world or especially anyone who is not particularly into Christianity, they go, yeah. I, that, I would dig that. That makes sense. It makes right. sense. It's what we've made. When P I This has been... I feel like my constant experience, especially with people who are not into Jesus or Christianity at all, is that when I define Christianity for them, they're like, oh, yeah, that, I wouldn't have a problem with that. What they have a problem with is right. what we've made it, this stupid CEO leadership culture.
1: We actually had somebody... We had somebody at our church who was... Um, demanding in terms of time and attention like they were they were around they'd gone through a really tough portion of their life and so they were just somebody who needed friends to hang out with and that's what we do best and i said this is what we do and i spent and justin spent an inordinate amount of time with us and then out of nowhere they just bailed on the church and they there was a couple things that happened and uh no 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 that's somebody else and uh
0: Sorry, we're like writing notes here trying to figure... I'm trying to figure out who he's talking about. There's like 20 names.
1: So Justin, my feelings were really hurt by it. My feelings were really hurt by it because I had spent a lot of time investing. I would taken time away from my family, my kids. This one did not hurt my kids. um, To spend time with this person. And then when Justin met with them to see, you know, what happened? Why did you leave? One of this person's qualms was that I wasn't pastoral enough. That I wasn't enough of an A-type leader pastor. And what he meant was that I wasn't a motivational speaker. I wasn't writing books, um, one of the pastors, ugh, they were they were really connected to a pastor in South Carolina who was actively lying to get like fake baptisms. Oh, was that his
0: name? Furtick, right?
1: Yeah. For,
0: for, for, he's Stephen like, Furtick. Stephen. He wrote the big book. He wrote that book about the Sundance Stance. Right.
1: But then they got in trouble at that church because it turns out that they were paying people to come up and get baptized so that other people would feel pro peer pressure to go up and get baptized. And that always works. <laughs> maybe that's what we're doing wrong,
0: but maybe the, you can pay people to come up and give money. So then other people, uh, the people are like, come oh, up we and give, give money.
1: money. <laughs> um, but for this person who left our fellowship, I wasn't a leader enough. And Justin looked at them and said, well, you know, Jason was the guy that drops everything to come help you move to do all these things. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. He's a nice guy and he's a servant, but he's just not the right type of leader. And it's one of those where I was like, ah. and I, at first I was mad, but then I was like, it's, it really, what we're doing is significantly different from what other people are doing. And so this, this sort of disconnect is going to be okay. Like I, I'm not upset if people don't get, don't get that part of it. Um, I continue to harp on the idea that the only model the church gives us for, that the scriptures give us for leadership is Jesus washing feet. Jesus is the leader that's held up for us to emulate. Yeah, you'll
0: hear us say that a thousand times.
1: And so don't bring me, don't bring me. Warren Buffett or don't bring me somebody who's leading a General Motors or a GE or anything like that. I don't care because their model doesn't work in the church.
0: We should do a segment, things we could pay people to do to get other people to do in the church. <laughs> I was just, I can't, I can't stop thinking about that now. I'm like, all right, what if we did like a series on healing like, hey, I'm going to pay you right. to come and heal your back, which I think have been done a thousand times. Uh, and then other people come, uh, but I'm trying to think of some other ones. Some I other designed... that you could pay. I
1: designed a bounty system for evangelism where if you brought somebody to the church that tithed, we would give you 1% of their tithe. Uh, Except nobody would go to Oakley or Norwood. They would only c- go to Hyde Park to get people. Because- a
0: certain friend of ours had an idea where you could find old people, get them to really love the church and leave money to it, and then kill them. <laughs> oh <my laughs> also named Voldemort. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. The on State Route I didn't Western. even talk to you, Siri. Want to try that one? I Sorry. turned I turned my phone on <laughs> I turned my phone on to airplane mode. Justin's I see British. What you why does your
0: why do you use a British voice for so you hate British people? it's oh, Australian. It's awesome. Come on. It's <laughs> awesome. I like talking to, <laughs> is it. Is there a Take a to watch on the ride. Is there a
1: difference between the Australian and the British one? Yeah, a whole oh, okay. lot, man. Is it in the phone or is it Google?
0: No, it's just in the phone. Like, you can switch the dialect. You can do a German, but not all of them are American. You can't do a German-American. It's just German speaking uh, okay. German. But you can do an Australian because they basically speak English.
1: This is why Legend will never be successful is because we get sidetracked by the dumbest uh, thing. I'm sorry. The Siri conversation is awesome. <laughs> and
0: Australian Siri. Uh, I'm going to plug right now. Australian Siri, you should use her. Because she's awesome.
1: Apple's not going to pay you for that. <laughs> Take
0: a rod on the line. Take a shrimp on the Bobby. I think they say that. Anyways. <laughs> we die. So in the end, it's not like we made this decision and said, okay, we're going to start this church that just has two pastors now. It's so. just what sort of happened. And my only thought and my actually prayer all the time is, God, thanks for just working in the way that works best for us. We it just It's just how it's worked. It's not that I would say this is the best way you should always do it because it sounds like it doesn't work for a lot of people, but it really works for us, which I feel like has been our lesson over and over again. Uh, Stop trying to do what everyone else says works and just see what works for you. And God's totally done cool things with it.
1: Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we talked about earlier where we will never be able to write a church planning book because you would never be able to replicate what we've done. Like this is unique to our context. This works because of who we are, because of what God's done here, because of the people God's brought here. So it, I'm thankful that it worked. But it
0: would be an awesome book with drawings in it.
1: So thanks for turning in. Thanks for listening to us through our second podcast. We're going to keep going with this. We've got like eight or ten more of these about why we're terrible church planners, and then we'll see where it goes from there. So um,
0: We're going to have the band play us out.
1: <laughs> you motherfuckers need Jesus Better than you